Welcome to Wiseish with Dr. Kavita Sun. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you all the tools that I learned over the last 10 plus years to be able to go from feeling overwhelmed emotionally and struggling in my relationships to now being able to have emotional maturity, steadiness and thriving relationships and to be able to set and achieve big goals. It took me a long time and a lot of trial and tribulation to get to this point. And my goal in sharing this podcast is to hopefully shorten your time gap to get to where you want to go. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Well, hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. So good to be with you guys again. I have been looking forward to this episode. Can you believe it? It is episode 10. How does the time fly by so fast, right? I guess when you're having fun, right? <laughs> So today's episode is a treat. Every 10 episodes I plan on sharing something a little bit different with you all, with you all. Sometimes we may be talking about uh, a book that has really moved me and that I want to share with you guys. Sometimes it might be a movie. Sometimes it may be um a personal experience. and sometimes it may be an author or a thinker whose ideas have really resonated and and uh, shaped my world view so <clears throat> every 10th episode is going to be um slightly different than the regular programming okay and so today for the first 10th episode if you will we're going to be talking about five lessons i've learned from victor frankel if you don't know who dr victor frankel is he was a psychiatrist and uh was at auschwitz during world war 2 and prior to going to auschwitz he had written a manuscript of his views on a kind of therapy that he labeled logotherapy logo means meaning right it's the search for meaning basically and so he had created this theoretical framework and written it down in a manuscript and that got confiscated before he went into the camp concentration camp um and he was so desperate to get his ideas out into the world that he sort of um says that the manuscript having been confiscated was one of the primary reasons that he thinks he was able to stay alive during the concentration camp because he was determined to find little scraps of paper which was very very hard to come by to jot down some of those ideas and things that he could remember from the manuscript and to find places to hide them which he did successfully so <clears throat> i think um he is such a study in resilience in post traumatic growth in contribution in using your deepest wounds to share your greatest gifts and i just have so much um love and respect for who he was and the work that he produced so once he came out of the concentration camp he wrote a book called man's search for meaning 
very, very well-known book. And early in my uh, forays into psychological health, I would say, probably in my teenage years, late teenage years, the man's search for meaning became a Bible for me. And so I'm going to share a few lessons that I've gotten from that book, but also from subsequently reading more of his logotherapy work. The first lesson that I got from Dr. Franco was that suffering is a part of the human experience and that without suffering and death, there is no meaning to life. Life becomes meaningful and comes alive because of the potential for death, right? And he describes it much more eloquently this way. He says, if there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be a meaning in suffering because suffering is an ineradicable part of life, even as fate and death, right? Without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. What then is despair? Despair is suffering without meaning. Oh my God, you guys, that one line has shaped a lot of my life. Despair is not suffering. Despair is suffering without meaning. And I can attest to this. You know, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of love, but it was locked inside my parents' hearts. And what they expressed was oftentimes the trauma that they themselves had endured. So it was a emotionally and physically um, tough, abusive childhood in many ways. And when I was um, barely 18, my mom committed suicide. And it took me many, many years to even understand why did this, what happened? Why? Why us? And the surprising thing when I look back now is that everything that I'm doing in the world, this podcast even, my voice right now reaching your ears, right? And the family life that I've created, the career that I've created, the business that I've created, the program that I've created, everything stems from that suffering way back then that I then turned into a personal meaning and a way to serve the world. Because I do believe that in the serving came my own healing. And in the serving came my own deeper understanding, which allowed me to be the, what I call the intergenerational lever, the person that was then able to change the intergenerational trauma story so that my children, my child, my daughter is now inheriting a different legacy. And all of that came from that one sentence. Despair is suffering without meaning. It's not suffering itself. Amazing.
I still get goosebumps thinking about that. The number two lesson that I learned from him is I myself struggled for a long time during my early 20s. No, even all through my 20s. And even in the very beginning of my 30s, <clears throat> I showed up in relationships in a way that looking back, I'm not proud of. I say looking back because when I was there in that moment, it was the best I could do. It was, it was the only thing I knew. But looking back, I wish I had shown up better. And so I carried that guilt with me for a while, you know. And one of the things that he says is the more one forgives himself by giving himself to a cause to serve or another person to love, the more human he is and the more he actualizes himself. This again has been so true in my own life. While I've, you know, therapy has been really, really helpful for me in the early stages where the catharsis of just retelling my story in a safe space and having someone not recoil from it helped me be able to um, see those, what I thought were fundamental flaws in my character, to see those in a different light. So therapy was helpful early on. But after that, what has been the most healing is the giving of myself to a cause. And for me, it is to reduce intergenerational trauma in the world and to reduce suffering in the world and to help people, especially women, be able to have inner peace and relationships that build them up so that they can pass on a better legacy for themselves as well. That has become my mission. And when I live in service of that mission, and when I live in service of the love I have for my spouse and for Gia, our four-year-old, those two things, seeing myself be of service in that way and help ease other people's suffering in that way, that has come back to me a 10,000 fold as self-forgiveness. So that's another lesson that Dr. Frankel has really gifted me is that forgiveness needs to have a component of service. All right, number three, the third lesson is his idea of viewing each moment in life in context of the whole instead of just, you know, random events. Because when we see things as random events, we feel very much like a leaf in the wind, right? We don't know which way things are going to go. Life feels like it's going to push us this way and that. But when we see it as part of a whole, which requires us, by the way, to make meaning out of those events, right? then things sort of click into place. So 
the way he describes it as is as view life as a series of movie frames. The ending and meaning may not be apparent until the very end of the movie. And yet, each of the hundreds of individual frames has meaning within the context of the whole movie. Mind-blowing, right? I love this concept that each season, even each moment, but also each relationship, each season, each um, sort of internal angst that we go through, all of these are but frames and there will be hundreds of them. And when you can pull back and see it in context of your whole life story, the movie that you are producing as you're living it, when you can see it in that context, then you will start noticing an arc, a storyline, a reason. Because I so strongly believe that some of the most hardest things that I experienced, those um, times created a sort of a vacuum in my life. The vacuum was one of longing for something better, right? It might have been longing for um, a relationship that is better. It might be longing to be a better parent. It may be longing to you know, have uh, financial independence. It may also be a longing to escape and come away from that pain. Either way, it produces a longing that creates a vacuum. And that vacuum, then for me, it sort of um, sucks into my life the future that I'm desiring, the things that I want. It sort of pushes me to seek for those things and create the thing that I desire. I've realized looking back that without those difficult moments, I wouldn't have had the clarity to know what it is that I want to move away from and what it is that I want to move toward. And without those longings, I would not have the vacuum or the void that then allows me to go out and seek and create those things. So his concept that each occurrence is a frame in your life movie helped me to be able to see even difficult times as necessary, really for my own clarity and growth. All right, lesson number four from Dr. Frankel. This one is about compassion and non-judgment. And it's something that um, I've really absorbed so much into my bones that I cannot judge anyone. (laughs) I really have it's really hard for me to judge anyone. Even people who on the surface 
have done really, really bad things. And I can see that they're bad things. And I absolutely do not condone them. And I think people need to have consequences depending on the, the size of their crime. With all of that, I still am curious about someone else's humanity. And that came from many, many life experiences and just, I think, my wiring as well, but also from Dr. Viktor Frankl and this lesson. He says, no man should judge unless he asks himself in absolute honesty whether in a similar situation he might not have done the same. Being tolerant does not mean that I share another's belief, but it does mean that I acknowledge another's right to believe and obey his own conscience. Right? I do not condone or even accept certain actions. I am big proponent of boundaries because I think boundaries actually help us show up as our best self. And it actually helps the relationship in which you create boundaries when done right actually helps that relationship itself. So I'm certainly not advocating for agreeing with or letting things off easy when someone does something hurtful, whether on a small scale or a big scale. That's not what I mean by non-judgment. It means that while I judge the act, I still have compassion for the struggles and the dilemmas and the suffering inside another human being. And it's only because I am very much in, in touch <laughs> with my own flaws and limitations and the gray within me. I'm very much aware of that. And so it allows me to judge the act and not the person. And that's that's been really helpful for me in my own life. All right. <clears throat> so number five, the fifth lesson from Dr. Frankel is the concept of not pursuing happiness or success. This has been super helpful for me, partly because I did it backwards for a long time. I did anxiously, almost desperately pursue success and happiness, right? And I think a lot of modern life the messages that we get is about how we're supposed to be more. We're supposed to be, a, you know, earning more and um, looking better and being better parents and better spouses and better time management and achieving more. And while there's nothing wrong with that, right? I think dreaming and moving towards the things that we want is, is just one of the blessings of, of having a human mind. And imagination. But I think also that constant pursuit means that we're never satisfied with what is. We're never satisfied with this moment. And it leads to a constant sort of hum in the background of our lives of discontent. 
And so this lesson from Dr. Frankel helped me reframe what it is that I'm focusing on. And I can tell you, happiness and success have just quadrupled in my life when I stopped chasing them. So here's what he says. Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, much like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as an unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must just happen. And the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. And he goes on to say, I want you to listen to what your conscience commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, in the long run, I say, success and happiness will follow you precisely because you have forgotten to think about it. This concept that he's talking about is similar to the concept of being in a flow state, right? When you're in a flow state, you actually forget about yourself and that you are separate from other human beings and that you're separate from nature. You forget all that separateness because you are completely immersed in something that is worthy of your attention, meaning it matters to you, and it is a little bit challenging, right? When it matters to you and it's a little bit challenging, you have the potential for a flow state. And that's kind of what he's talking about here, where you forget this constant searching for why is this not better? Why is that not better? right? And you're completely in the moment. This has been a huge lesson for me. Like I said, once I shifted from thinking about what I didn't have, for example, why didn't I have um, more present and loving or mentally healthy parents? Why did I have to have a mom who committed suicide? Why did I have to go through what I went through this time and that time and with that person and at this job and all of these things? When I stopped focusing on what was missing and instead focused on how I can follow my greatest calling in a way that serves myself and the world, Happiness and success have, it just, it surrounds me. Whereas when I was desperately searching for it, I felt like it, it was always just outside of my reach. <laughs> you know, which is crazy making because if it's so far out of your reach, you don't even bother, right? It's not going to entice you. It doesn't bother you. But if it's always just outside your reach, it's like you're on this treadmill and you can't get off. But when I shifted, and it took some time to shift what I was focusing on, and then I lost myself 
in that. And when I looked up my life, I mean, I am so blessed to live the life I have now and the relationships that, that I have now and the professional success I have now and the financial freedoms that I have now. Oh my goodness, even about 10 years ago, I couldn't have even imagined it. I did not know how to even imagine what I live now. So I couldn't have consciously created it since I didn't even know how to imagine it. The only way that it started falling into place is when I was focusing on a worthy cause and focusing on being love. So with that, I want to add also that, you know, Dr. Frankel has some other quotes that might even be more famous or well-known. For example, the uh, quote of his that there is a space between stimulus and response. And in that space lies your freedom. Amazing, mind-blowing, right? But the five lessons that I shared with you today are one, maybe less known concepts of his. And two, these concepts have really shaped the trajectory of my life. So I wanted to share them with you. This podcast cannot do justice to the depth and breadth of this man's contribution to the world. So if at all this podcast has um, made you curious or whet your appetite, go seek out his books. I would start with Man's Search for Meaning. You can find it literally anywhere that you can find books. Um, just it will it will become your guide. At least it did for me. So I hope that was helpful. I love you guys so much. I'm already sad that we're coming to the end of this podcast because then I have to wait a week to chat with you guys again. <laughs> um, but I'm so fortunate to have so many of you listening in, sending me messages, sending me emails. Please, if you haven't yet, please give us a review that helps other people find the podcast easier. So love you guys. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Yeah.